0: You're listening to the RVCC podcast, sharing stories and real conversations that inspire next steps and life change
1: welcome to the rvcc podcast my name is jeff i am part of our teaching team here and we have got a fascinating discussion today around uh, some research around parenting and whether you have kids whether you don't whether you're a parent whether you're not whether it's far away whether it's in the rear view mirror in terms of your child uh rearing years There is just so much great wisdom that our children's pastor at our Graham campus, Cassandra, has to kind of unpack with us. And so, Cassandra, do you want to introduce yourself a little bit?
0: Thanks, Jeff. Yeah, I'm Cassandra, and I have been the Graham campus kids pastor for six years now, just celebrating my sixth anniversary. I am also a wife to my high school sweetheart and a mom to my son, Conrad. He will be one on February 24th.
1: All right. He's already won. Excellent. So um, yeah. So, and again, we encourage you to subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss an episode. If you haven't done that yet, um, just go ahead and click that little subscribe button because it'll pop up uh, for you and you'll just, you won't miss an episode and catch great stuff like this. So yeah, a little while ago, you were uh, telling me about uh, the, um, the orange tour that you were on and just learning about the world of next gen in terms of kids and students and faith and passing along that well. And so we're talking about this book that uh, is a study, uh, what most parents aren't telling you. And so tell me a little bit about that and why we both are so fascinated with this study.
0: Yeah. So um, we got the privilege to go to Orange Tour back in October, and they spent a good chunk of one of the um, sessions talking about this book and immediately like a light bulb went off in me and I was like, I need to read this book because there just were so many good stories out of it. So um, the Fuller Youth Institute works with the Orange company a lot and they surveyed about 2,700 parents, um, both Christian families and non-religious families mm. um, to kind of get both sides of it and there's the book is split into four main, chunks of okay. different topics. Um, there's some really good quotes in the book and just some really, um, really impactful things I think that will help us as a ministry.
1: So what were some of those, just off the top you know, of your head sort of, or some of the quotes that you've got kind of jotted down, what were some of those quotes that stood out to you that makes this such a compelling read?
0: Yeah, so um, one of the things that they actually the reason I was most intrigued by this book was the quotes that Chris and Ivy shared at the tour with us. Mm. So, on in the back of the book, there's this question that says, "What's something someone could have done for your parent when you were growing up that would have helped them be a better parent?" Mm-hmm. Um, and for me personally, I have kind of a interesting story with my parents, but um, I mean, I love them to death. But um, I grew up in an interesting household, and so some of these quotes just really stuck out to me and mm. really like impacted me to the point where I was sitting there crying in the um, auditorium <laughs> yeah, and yeah. also thinking about my even role as a mom now of like, okay, how can I help change maybe the narrative that my parents wrote for me for my son and my future mm. children? Yeah. Um, so some of the quotes were just like, my parents would have been better parents if people in the church would have step, um, would have called and just checked in on them. My family was a huge part of the church, and then they stepped away, and no one ever checked in on us.
1: Oh.
0: And it was just like, oh, if I thought about the families that maybe have not been attending RVCC or mm. that I haven't seen in a while, mm. and I stopped to think, okay, well, have I texted them? Have I emailed them? Have I mm. thought to pick up the phone and call them? Um. Yeah. And then there was another one like a child had written to have my mom know that being divorced didn't mean that she was an outcast or a failure in parenting. Um, there's Ooh. so many different family situations, right, yeah. that people go through. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah. And even on on that point, I think the, the stat that I saw recently or somewhat recently is only 25% of households have a quote unquote traditional household, mm-hmm. meaning the, the mom and dad that have been, you know, only married to each other and all the biological children belong to them. Right. That, that only represents 25% of households in America. So when we hold up this 1950s Americana, picket white fence, you know, uh, picture of like what, you know, an American household should look like, mm-hmm. that just simply is not reflective of the vast reality. And so even just being able to recognize that, and like you said, being able to extend... Just the simple, the simple act of letting parents know, like, no, you haven't failed. Like, yeah. you're just as worthy of God's grace, and you're doing as great of a job as you can raising your kids. Like, the power of those words yeah. that we can speak to one another. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. wow, so good. Uh, any anything else that just kind of stood out to you? Um, big picture from the book, and then we'll kind of talk a little bit about uh, each of these each of these sections
0: know if there was anything else in particular um there's just so many good nuggets in it I would recommend people to read it whether or not you like are active in a church or you just maybe you're a grandparent or mm-hmm. an aunt or an uncle you may not even have your own children um just to like learn from this study is is a good thing so
1: yeah yeah that book is what most parents aren't telling you this is the book that we're kind of talking about and really looking at the research there. And so it opens with talking about uh, what parents want. And so what were some of the things that really uh, surprised you about the findings of what parents are sharing about what what they really want?
0: Yeah. Um, So the first part of that section talked about where parents feel the most pressure from. Mm. Um, And one of the things that they touched on was social media because like, I'm only 29, but I grew up without Facebook, without Instagram, without TikTok, um, because it just wasn't part of, like, I had Facebook when I was in high school, I think, Like Uh was when I had my first (laughs) Facebook page. Um, And so just to read and learn about how it's affecting young, you know, upper elementary, middle schoolers, high schoolers, um, was kind of sad because like you just think about how much they get sucked into it and how much toxicity there is in that Mm -hmm. um so that was really interesting and then the other thing was that um there was a study out of the Boston College that revealed that about 75 percent of dads or fathers say that they wish that they could spend more quality time with their kids and that was hard because I was like yeah gosh like I mean you know I spend a lot of time with our son because um, my job's super flexible here and I can take him to work with me. And, you know, he's only at daycare three days a week. Well, and I mean, my husband works a normal, like, Monday to Friday, mm-hmm. nine to five job. But, like, even he's like, oh, I wish the weekends didn't go by so fast. Like, I wish I could mm-hmm. have more time to spend with him. Um, and so that was hard, too, like, as a parent, but also just to read and, and learn that. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, and that challenge, right, of – for, for most families, they're, you know, dual working at some level, maybe not mm-hmm. both full-time, but uh, very typical, at least one full-time, one, you know, part-time. Yeah. And so to just fit in all the life and all the stuff and everything that needs to happen, it often crowd, it can crowd out very quickly, right, that quality time. Yeah. But just knowing that, like, oh, this is a desire that the vast majority of parents want to be able to be more present and just feel like they don't have enough time like oh so so heartbreaking but also so affirming it's just so affirming that man right most parents want to do good for their kids they Mm -hmm. want to be present and love them it's just the challenges of figuring out what does that look like for me to be able to do that
0: yeah yeah for sure um one of the other things that came from the survey of this specific topic was and that is what parents want um, pa- Christian parents and non-Christian parents actually selected the same three values that they all value the most, um, but one notable difference. So all of the parents for their top three were honesty, trust, and love. And then for Christian parents, their top three was honesty, faith, and love. Um, so you you see the difference between there between the second one of trust and faith. Mm. Um, is just interesting to me because, I mean, obviously Christian parents, right, would want to be worried or want to know more about their child's faith journey. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, but the honesty and the love, I think, is really cool to see that those are both the same because, well, I mean, we all want honest people in our lives and we all want love, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. This shouldn't have surprised me as much as it did, but I just think it's so – um, it's such an important thing for us us to grasp. If, if you if you're listening, you are a Christian, right? That the common things that we want for our families and our kids it's it's the same. In fact, it's interesting that when you just look at the whole group of parents, it's honesty, trust, and love. And then what Christian parents indicate honesty, faith, and love. The biblical word for faith is actually trust. Mm. <laughs> when yeah. you read faith in yeah. the Bible, the, the actual Greek word pistis is uh, is to trust. Mm. And so that those things are hardwired into us as parents, like no matter who you are, no matter where you're coming from, yeah. you, you do want your child to be honest, which means you want them to know what is truly true, and then we want them to be loving people, all mm-hmm. right? And we want them to be able to have a deep and abiding sense of faith and trust. and that that's just a universal reality. Um, man, that that the, the doorways then to build relationships as Christians, with those who don't share faith, we have so much more in common than we, we disagree. Yeah, exactly than we disagree with. And mm-hmm. so there's so much of a building ground to share instead of viewing, you know, people who might just a, have a different viewpoint of faith, mm-hmm. it's like let's talk about where our core desires overlap and how my faith speaks to developing these qualities and yeah. that's what we seek to do and you do such an amazing job at our church with our kids program of building an environment for kids to grow in these qualities, right? They show up and they're they're being taught about these qualities and they're seeing how Uh, how God's word in Jesus is, is the way that we can become more like a, you know, we can become an honest person. We can become a loving person and all these qualities. And so I just think, you know, and for somebody who's, who's not a person of faith, right. Hey, you should still lean into what we do. Like Mm -hmm. it is worth being involved because you care about these qualities just like we do. Right. And so you don't have to, you know, sign the doctrinal statement of everything we believe to belong here and to get those benefits for your kid that often aren't aren't really offered in a holistic way anywhere else in you know in a in a child's life or Mm -hmm. for your family so that that one was just a like wow uh takeaway yeah also
0: to touch on um you talked about our kids ministry programming Thanks for the shout out, by the way. (laughs) Um, But in 2020, there was a Barna research study that was done, and it was revealed that 58% of highly engaged Christian parents say that the kids' ministry program is the primary reason why they choose their current church. Um, And when I read that, I went, huh, I wonder (laughs) if 58% of the families that attended RVCC would say that they chose to attend RVCC." because of our kids' program. I hope that they would say that, right? Uh, I mean, I would have to ask them.
1: No, I mean, so often, anecdotally, it's, so, um, yeah, I'm somewhat extroverted. And so, like, my favorite place, I know some pastors, they hate being in the lobby, because it's just like, they feel like they're being, you know, swarmed by sharks, like, (laughs) floating in the ocean, and somebody's coming to attack them, which is true on some Sundays. But um, most of the time, I love just Mm -hmm. connecting, especially with newer people. And over and over again, when there's a family that shows up, and they they end up sticking. They almost always say, "Oh, my child just loved, you know, RVCC kids, and yeah. couldn't wait to come back." And so, yeah, I mean, it's obviously because again, it goes back to what does every parent want? We want our kids to be again in a nurturing, you know, place that they know they're cared for. That's mm-hmm. love. That they are learning what it means to to trust and and have honesty. To understand what's true of the world, and so um, yeah, it doesn't doesn't surprise me at all that that's yeah. super common. Um, and and again, yeah, why why we do what we do, and and why we invest uh, in every person, even even at the nursery level. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I know my daughter uh, helps out in the nursery, and She's she she loves doing it. She like every month, she like goes. Okay, calendar check. Like, mm-hmm. am I available every Sunday to be there? But what's funny, right, is, like, you, you we've seen this where there are certain kids that are really anxious about being separated from mm-hmm. their their parents. Yeah. But if they know, like, it's not just because Kobe's awesome, which she is, but if they know that person is there. hmm they, they, they're just oh, okay. I'm okay. I have my person. Even yeah. at one years old, mm-hmm. right? Like yeah. the ability to be to cared for and and loved like that. It's yes. it's pretty remarkable. Yes. Um, so. Well, yeah, what are some, uh, what are some differences around the, st- the different kind of life stages, like preschool, elementary, middle school, high school, yeah. that parents are really wanting? What's a, what's a quality that they're looking for maybe at each of those stages?
0: Yeah, one of the cool things that they did in the book was at the end of each section, they talked about what each parent wants or fears or needs in different phases of their kid's life. So they talk about preschoolers. Elementary, middle school, high school, and young adult parents. Mm. Um, And so, what parents want at every phase so, for preschool parents, it was that they want access to resources in the first three years um, of their child's life. So, that's, you know, daycare daycare centers, Mm -hmm. um, you know, activities for the kids to do, church programs, that kind of thing. And then friendships for their kids during ages four to five, because we know that when a child is in that age, it is very important for them to establish good friendships and people that they can learn to trust um, that are their age, because they learn how to move from independent play to peer playing. Mm. um, And so they can learn to build those friendships that hopefully will last for a long time. Yeah. Yeah, and then um, elementary parents want education, nutrition, and community around them, Hmm. um, which was interesting. Middle school parents want faith development, character, and community involvement. Um, High school parents want education as well, college prep, um, responsibility, friendship, sexual integrity, and faith development. And then parents with young adults want healthy mentors, career readiness, mental health, which is really important, mm-hmm. physical exercise, and family connection. Um, mental health will, you'll probably notice as you listen along, that it shows up a lot in this book. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of conversation around mental health, which is good.
1: Yeah. And I think it's probably not an understatement to say that there is a, at a, a present in 2023, we're still living through somewhat of a mental health crisis, especially mm-hmm. With young people, um, yeah. which segues to um, the book also talks about what parents fear. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so let's, yeah, let's keep going. Ta- uh, let's talk more about um, just what stood out to you about the, the fears of parents that they're maybe not sharing with us directly.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the thing that parents worry about the most is what can impact their child's future. They worry less about greater concerns in past generations, so like drug use, alcohol, sexual behavior, Mm. um, those types of things. And then um, parents also demonstrate substantial worry about their kids' mental health. Mm. Um, That was talked about more and more um, in the book than you can probably imagine, um, and then also more than 51% of Christian parents say they worry often or all of the time about their kid's faith. Um, so it's both like mental health and also, mm. okay, what is my kid's faith journey going to look like as they grow older? Um, and so, yeah.
1: Yeah, no, I think that that's, that's right on. And, and again, there's this intersection, right? So I think, you know, there, it's, it's somewhat in vogue for a lot of people, you know, especially under 40, to view parts of their faith journey or their journey with the church as something that has detrimentally affected their mental health. Mm-hmm. Like church or even faith is a, is a negative and I don't wanna detract from the, you know, bad experiences that, that maybe you've had if you're listening and we wanna validate that, yeah, sometimes there, there are hurts that shouldn't have happened, there are things that shouldn't have happened, but at its core, having a robust faith in our life is actually one of the greatest sources of having stable mental health. Like it's mm-hmm. an, it's a key ingredient, at least from our our perspective, and yep. I can't imagine, uh, again, navigating parenthood without a foundation of faith to be part of the equation and part of how, I'm helping my kids navigate mm-hmm. you know not not just the big questions uh, of life but the the smaller moments of of having the resiliency having the mm-hmm. grit to like yeah when you don't want to turn in that assignment right like you can be a person who perseveres through difficulty to do, develop what? Character, right? Yeah. Well, those are biblical principles. There's are biblical stories yeah. that speak to that uh, ability to develop grit and resiliency mm-hmm. and things like that. So, yes. um, yeah. yeah. Well, tell me a little bit more about um, the, let's dig in a little bit more about kind of parents' concerns and yeah, maybe how they, how they differ, how different, different groups of parents differ in their fears.
0: Yeah. So, um, parents differ in their worry about faith and relationships. So all parents worry about relationship. Um, but the book found that Christian parents worry 30% more than the general population about faith. Um, Mm -hmm. so I think that, relationships as a whole, right, we're always worried about bullying or peer pressure or, you know, technology misuse, those kinds of things. Um, But for the majority of parents, they they worry a lot about relationships. Mm. Um, And then the other thing that they were differed on was their concerns about racism, actually, Mm. um, which I found to be really interesting in this book. and that is that one particular characteristic of racism is that it does not impact all parents equally. Um, and so if you know a little bit about me, you know that I am married to someone who is not the same race as me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then that therefore makes our child multiracial as well. Um, and so I found this part of the book to be very impactful in my own personal life. Yeah. Um, and there's a whole section in the back of the book that talks about each different... Um, race that was represented in the survey and goes into more detail about how those parents feel when it comes to like equality or um being mistreated and things Mm -hmm. like that but the study did find that parents worry about the impact of racism on their kids differently according to their own race or ethnic identity, which makes sense, right? Because Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. someone who identifies as, you know, white or Caucasian is probably gonna feel differently than someone who identifies as Asian. Mm -hmm. Um, And you know, when you have children that are different races as well, so.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and in the book, I was looking at a part of it that you're sharing with me that um, basically for every two white parents who worry about racism, three Asian parents Four Latino parents and six Black parents worry about racism, and so even just a simple awareness like that, right? When, again, um, you know, I'm I'm white. Both Amy and I are white, right? That my situation is not the same as somebody else's, mm-hmm. and it doesn't diminish anything in my life right. to have empathy. And to realize that somebody else is dealing with a different set of concerns and issues that I am. And one of the things that to be great, you know, uh, friends to one another and good neighbors is just to recognize that. Right. Mm-hmm. I think there's so much politi- politicization uh, around this. And it's mm-hmm. like, but when you just look at the realities of uh, again, different parent situations. It ought to raise our empathy. We ought, and so like, especially in the church, uh, that should just cause us to lean into being even more supportive, being even more willing to listen, and again, be empathetic. So, mm-hmm. yeah, um, yeah, yeah. What what else from the, just about the fears that maybe stands out before we move on to how parents are feeling?
0: Yeah. So. um When they surveyed Christian parents, they talked a lot about their fears or their concerns with the church. Mm. Um, And so I feel like, you know, that's probably an important thing to talk about. So a couple of the things that really stuck out to me were that 58% of Christian parents say that they have some level of worry about what their church is teaching their kids. Mm. Um, And I think at some point we should probably do a podcast episode about why we use Orange Mm and the curriculum that we have and the importances of that. Um, Because it would it would touch directly on that fear for parents of what their kids are learning in the classroom mm-hmm. when they're away yeah. from them for an hour. Yeah. yeah. Um, because I think, you know, depending on what era you grew up in, mm-hmm. um, you maybe grew up in the era where in church you learned about hell. And, I mean, we just had our sermon on hell mm-hmm. this past Sunday. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, and maybe your child grew up in Sunday school believing that if they didn't get saved by Jesus, they were going to, you know, burn in a lake of fire forever, which, mm-hmm. you know,
1: and they, maybe so they like. they prayed to accept Jesus every single yeah. Sunday and yes. then grew up with this framework of I fear God mm-hmm. because if I'm not a good boy or good girl, I'm going to be thrown into a lake of burning fire. Yeah. 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 So, again, uh, teaching the whole story of scripture mm-hmm. <laughs> versus yeah. using fear as a tactic to... Yeah. Scare up our salvation numbers, right? Yes, <laughs> yes.
0: and again, um, I'm not
1: want to, I don't want to like throw rocks. Mm-hmm. You know, previous yeah. generations are like, Oh, like everyone who's come before us has done it wrong, and like we're doing it right. Like, uh, no, that's no. that's not what we're saying at all. Yeah. Um, but yeah,
0: yeah, but it is interesting to hear that and to know, okay, well, then what should I be putting in the parents' hands so that mm. they can learn to have honest conversations with us and trust mm-hmm. with us to know that their kids are going to build a relationship with Jesus and have faith in their lives um when they come to RVCC Kids. Mm-hmm. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. In which we've got, you know, parent resources and handouts that we make yes. available every week or every month depending on right the the, the mm. age of your kid. And so, yeah, you can track along with not only with what we're teaching, but it's really if, you know, it really it's The only difference is that we're teaching about a principle first, that again, right, back to that finding, every parent basically wants the same thing honesty, trust, and love. Mm -hmm. So we're starting with these principles that every parent cares about. Every parent, we want our kids to be more patient, (laughs) right? Like, now, news flash, (laughs) this one's a a freebie. Uh, Like, don't use the shortcut of your phone to try and develop more patience when your kid is getting squirmy or getting squirrely. Like, it's okay to let them be squirmy or squirrely or Mm -hmm. even make noise. Like, if you get your kid in at least our services and they're, like, being loud, like, just, you know, like. If they're throwing a full full on tantrum, like sure, like take them out. But if they're just like, you know, being squirrely, just let them be squirrely. It's fine. Um but that's what we simply wanna do. Um and what we use, you know, our curriculum for is to start with the principle that everybody cares about. Mm -hmm. Patience, joy, being an honest person. And then we move to the Bible story or how Jesus shows the way to live that out and how God enables us to do that. And then we help kids see what they can do, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so who, who, who is following in the way of Jesus wouldn't want that, right? Mm-hmm. It just makes it accessible for any family, every family, to jump right in and join us where they're at yeah. rather than like, oh, you kind of have to like know all this Bible stuff or you're going to be lost. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that's just yeah. kind of a, a short little thought on that. I don't know if you have any other yeah. thoughts to add there.
0: One of the other interesting findings was that almost half of all parents have concerns that their church teachers, um, their church teaches, sorry, Mm -hmm. differently on some issues, which include self-worth, creation, the Bible, and salvation. Mm -hmm. Um, And then it says that these findings may be a reminder to leaders that a significant portion of Christian parents are aware of their role in these conversations, Mm, Um, which I thought was really important because like... When we recruit and retain volunteers and RVCC kids, we want every volunteer to be passionate about why they're serving with kids. Exactly. Um, And so one of the things also that we want our teachers and our leaders to know is to be prepared. Um, Prepared with the curriculum that they're teaching, prepared with the topic that they're talking about with the kids, um, so that parents can feel comfortable and confident in what their kid is learning in the rooms um so yeah
1: yeah no that's really yeah that's really good well let's uh let's keep talking about uh you know kind of moving through this book mm-hmm. and uh let's talk yeah. about how parents feel um this is a yeah interesting uh section but just um yeah what what was something that didn't surprise you and maybe it was something that was surprising about how parents feel
0: Yeah, um, so um, most parents, it was not surprising that they feel in general pretty good about their ability to parent their child, Um, but the interesting thing was that both groups of parents report the same four positive adjectives when it comes to their parenting, Mm. which was they feel capable, they feel nurturing, they feel engaged, and they feel connected. Mm. Um, I thought that was really interesting that they had the same four positive things to say about parenting. Um, I found that both encouraging and just really interesting. Yeah. yeah.
1: What were some of the negative uh, adjectives that they would ascribe to themselves?
0: Yeah, um, those were also all the same, which was worried, busy, or judged. Um, Mm. and I mean, I feel busy all the time and my (laughs) child is only 10 months old, um, which I can only imagine how you feel with a middle school and high schooler. Um, but yeah, so. Now you
1: you push through the pain until they get to the point where like now they can clean sinks and toilets Mm -hmm. and one of them can drive and, you know, so yeah, there's a, you got a few years, but hang in there. (laughs) Thank
0: you. I'll try. I'll keep going. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, and then they also talked about how parents feel supported. Um, And one of the things they talked about was how they, the lowest level of support the parents list was in their access to opportunities. Um, Which was interesting to me. And there was a quote in the book that I wrote down that said, ministry leaders may want to consider asking parents in their community more about the kind of opportunities that they want for their kids. Um, because I mean, at RVCC, we know that we're a resource, right? We're a resource Mm -hmm. to families. We're a resource Mm -hmm. to people that come through our doors. Um, and so, you know, if we were to stop and think, okay, what could parents use from us as a community for Mm -hmm. them? Um, how can we support them better? How can we love them better? How can we walk alongside them better? Um, I think we might get somewhere. No, I mean, we've already gotten somewhere, but yeah.
1: That's a great thought and idea and even. Yeah, I mean, you know, so so we're both parents and in different spectrums on this, but, um, you know, just thinking as a parent, the times that you're worried or you feel too busy or you feel judged, what would be the things that would be helpful to hear from somebody else? Like, what yeah. what are the things that you say? Yeah, it would be great if... What would you say? <laughs>
0: what would I yeah. say? Ooh, <laughs> um... I would say that it would be really nice to just have somebody that was farther along in the parenting journey than me, Mm -hmm. um, to just kind of sit and listen to some of the struggles that I have as a mom, um, but then also can offer like advice that isn't, this is what you should do because I did it this way, but more of just like a, hey, this was helpful to me when I was in this stage of Mm -hmm. life that you're in right now
1: yeah no i think that's yeah that's huge and you know again the church so many opportunities Mm -hmm. to just be connected relationally and and i would encourage people like don't wait for an official program to start like you know grandparents encouraging parents program like you you can literally just like as you develop relationships with people in the church like yeah just send that text, or mm-hmm. even like ask that. How's it going? Like, hey, is there any way I could help? You know, and yeah. and that might just, you know, might just be. Oh yeah, like we're trying to navigate teething. You know, it's like again, great thing. Like, here's what I did. You know, here's what we found helpful. Yeah. Not you should do. <laughs> you see, if you're listening, see the difference between that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also like sometimes you know as parents all we need is just a little encouragement affirmation yeah sometimes there's a way though that like yeah we just need like somebody to come and hold our kid for a couple hours so we can take a nap Mm -hmm. right like but there's so many ways that we can just be simply involved in each other's lives and i think we don't need to Mm overcomplicate. um just look for the ways to be an encouragement to somebody who's a parent if you're listening or if you are a parent even like you know, if somebody's in a different stage of life. So we intentionally, when we started our community group at church, we intentionally picked families that were younger mm-hmm. than us uh, because we know that that's such a, like <laughs> exhausting stage of life. Our kids are a little bit older so that we could just be a little bit more present mm-hmm. uh, to, to the families in our group that way. Yeah. So, yeah, no, that's really good. Um, yeah, I would just say, like, just for me, just – being encouraging, you know, when people share encouraging things about our kids, like there's no no greater thing somebody could give us, yeah. right? And so yeah. just be Definitely. be be an encourager yeah. where you see those, you know, godly values being developed in a child's mm-hmm. life, like brag to the parent when you see yes. it. Um, yes. So oh, that's really good. Yeah, is there one phase in particular, kind of from preschool to young adult, of what parents are feeling that really stood out to you as, oh, we should really be aware or pay attention to this stage?
0: Yeah. So um, in this section of the book, they talked about the value to support gap Okay. Um, and how there are values that parents have, but they don't always feel support in that area. And so each phase talks about, okay, well, where's the the missing piece or what, Mm -hmm. what do they need help with? Um, and I think for the two that I would say that stuck out the most to me would be for what high school parents said, um, was that they value, um, the need for healthy mentors in their kids' lives. Mm. Um, and I think back to like when I was a high schooler, I mean, I didn't have that many healthy mentors in my life. I mean, I had my teachers, right, which Mm -hmm. I loved my teachers. But um, people in the church, I had a small group leader, but I don't, I mean, I can't even tell you their name now. Like, you know, and yeah. that goes to show that maybe I wasn't paying enough attention <laughs> or I just don't remember. Um, but, you know, they want that that support system for their high schoolers. Um, and then for preschool parents, I was really shocked that they wanted um, value to support for their kids' career readiness. Mm. And I was like, really? For a three, four, five year old? <laughs> Um, And I found that really interesting because they they talked about how parents feel the pressure to fuel their kid's future success Mm. when they're that young. Um, And I thought to myself, I thought, well, I hope I don't do that to my child because (laughs) I don't want him to feel that pressure. Um, But I found that to be really interesting because, I mean, obviously a three-year-old or four-year-old doesn't know what they want to do for the rest of their life when they're that age. But,
1: yeah. 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 I think there's so much wrapped up in that, right? Mm-hmm. There's the, there's unhealthy pressure to, yeah. you know, like, well, you gotta get them on the fast track, you gotta keep them ahead of everybody if they're gonna succeed. Um, and, you know, that pressure can be super unhealthy. Mm-hmm. And then on the flip side, we know from just a lot of research, that you can find out there pretty easily, right, a, a child that has that begins kindergarten and they've been read to for 20 minutes a day Mm -hmm. right the their projected future success it's it's unrecognizable next to a child who like has been you know not read to regularly Mm -hmm. right and so sometimes i think we can get wrapped up in well i gotta find the best preschool academic readiness thing and like you know get get crazy and it's like yeah if you want to go to like super bougie preschool like do it like if you have the means to like great but also most of us are not in a position to like offer that experience um but most of us as as parents can find 20 minutes a day to read to our child and so uh that would be like my one of the things we did for our kids right Mm -hmm. (laughs) right tons of books around always reading the best way to prepare them for um, you know, for to again success in the sense of pursuing the good that God has in store for them, per, mm-hmm. fulfilling the purpose that God designed for them to step into. Man, it like just just the simple act of reading daily mm-hmm. um, can yeah. really shrink that gap. But it is interesting. So yeah. many parents are so worried about that, and yeah. yeah, it's just a little bit like yeah, just breathe a little bit. Like mm-hmm. focus on allowing them. You know, I don't want to sound like, you know, back in my day. But right. like, you know, like they just need to be kids and learn yeah. what it means to be a friend to somebody. Mm-hmm. And so much of our, you know, basically problem solving skills are, solve, are developed through creative play, mm-hmm. creative and imaginative play. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, and so you can actually be harming your child's future success by shortchanging that. Playtime, the creative, the imaginative, you know, aspects that they should be free to enjoy in their yeah. childhood. So, yes. um, if yeah, if, you gotta, if you're in that yeah. boat, take a little bit of the pressure off yourself. Um, and, you know, yeah. if, if a kid Just wants to go them, eat some dirt, let yeah. them go eat some dirt.
0: Let them be kids, you know. I like, mean so, – so.
1: Organic yeah. dirt, yeah. you right. know, like yes. Yes. ethically, naturally sourced and dirt. and but, yeah.
0: organic ants too. <laughs> I think
1: I don't think there's such thing as not organic dirt. But anyways, <laughs> uh, this metaphor uh, is off the rails now. Yeah, um, yeah. I think the one that stands out for me as a former youth pastor is looking at the middle school parent value to support gap for this age group is mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, I was speaking with a school counselor uh, a couple months ago, and he was just saying in his long career being a school counselor this is the hardest year by far he's ever had. Um, Hmm. Off the chart levels of um, kids reporting suicidal ideation uh, every week. And again, not like a cry wolf, getting attention, like Mm -hmm. the classic markers of like, I have a plan, I've thought about it, this is how I would do it. Uh, And so, you know, that breaks my heart. Um, And so yeah, I, I just think as a former youth pastor, again, Wherever you are with faith, like every church has a youth ministry pretty much of some sort. Sometimes just a small Bible study. It just has a few a few kids. Some of you know, some are hundreds of kids, but leverage that resource of youth ministry at, at a church. Uh, it again, and it touches on the, the high school parent thing, healthy mentors. There are small group leaders there that can just be an echo, another place to share a struggle or you know what's going on in your life, or to just have other peers that are sharing things going on in their lives and having a leader pray for them. Like These are simple things, but the positive community that a student can have in a youth group setting um, Right. That isn't that it's different than, say, a sports team where Mm -hmm. where you're being evaluated on your athletic ability to belong in that team. And so while there's there's benefits to that, uh, that doesn't provide the same help and resources speaking to the mental health issues for middle schoolers that Mm -hmm. obviously extend into high school for many um, and the healthy mentor desire. So I would just say like, hey, like commit to having your kids be part of youth ministry uh, not because that's what the super religious people do but because it's just simply a great mental health resource and tool so um, and then lastly yeah just thinking about um last section of the book talks about where parents go for help so uh again same thing what was something that uh you thought oh yeah that that's not surprising and then what was something that you thought wow this really surprised me
0: um the not surprising thing was that parents need people um Mm. they need trustworthy relationships in their lives people who can share in the joys and the challenges of parenting um which you know i mean we all need relationships in our lives but um for parents yeah Mm -hmm. and then for the most surprising thing was that um, the places that parents go for help, um, the top listed place that they go to help for help is their spouse or their partner, Mm -hmm. um, was listed at 61%, right? Yeah. Um, The lowest listed place that they go to help, go to for help, is the church, Um, which was really sad. That was at 6.1%.
1: Oh, Uh yeah. That is a bummer.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and um, the interesting thing, too, of the list that they had of places that parents go for help, um, them going to their ex-partner or ex-spouse was listed higher, again, than the church. Um, And I... I just wrote a question down. I said, why in the world is the church listed at only 6%? Um, that was really hard for me, <laughs> being a children's pastor and, like, yeah. being on staff at RVCC.
1: Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, and it would be easy to be just bummed and even defeated mm-hmm. when we read a stat like that. Um, but I think, you yes, it's such – a great question of why is that the case?
0: Because
1: yeah. then that leads to well, how do we how do we help change that perception? How do we help people realize like, man, what we believe as a church is that your child has been created in the image of God that yeah. that there's a Creator that loves them more than than we could ever love them, and so we want them to know that love and care. And it's like. Mm-hmm. That seems like a compelling need, uh, or, or you know, just something that would provide meaning and support and purpose mm-hmm. for so many. And yet, that we're like not even on the radar for a lot of uh, a lot of parents. Yeah, um, yeah there, there's obviously a lot of work to do. Um, yeah, what would yeah. what would you say if, if somebody is interested in maybe? saying yeah I would I would love to help change that or you know, where do I begin? Yeah, to to, you know, get involved in making a difference in that area. Where what are some things that you'd say would be great places to start?
0: Um, well, I mean serving in kids ministry, right? You know, or student ministry, yeah. um, to help make that impact on those kids and those students' lives that come. Um, but for the parents, I would encourage them to get plugged into Our Mondays with Moms group or a small group or Mm -hmm. um, to come to one of our events that we have throughout the year whether that's Easter Jam or Jingle Jam just so that they can know that they are supported by us and Mm -hmm. that we are here um, if they need help and support. but it's, I mean, it's hard to change that narrative that's been written, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and to try to figure out and decipher the reason behind it. Um, but for anyone listening, I just want them to know that RVCC is a place where they can come and we'll have open arms for them and um, help them through whatever they need. So, yeah, yeah, it's hard to answer that question, though.
1: Yeah, yeah. And and again, you know, we, we know that for many <laughs> they've had, Hurtful experiences in the church yeah. in the past, and it can be difficult to trust. Um, but I would I would just double yeah double down on something you said around getting getting in community. Like man, mm-hmm. community is always inconvenient. <laughs> yeah. It always takes hard work, and yet it is so critical to have just people you can trust. Right, or even you know, so again, in in our own community group, like somebody this morning just shared a prayer request, and like we're able to like again uh, send prayers and, and send a little heart, you know, things, right? Mm-hmm. And to have, again, even simple ways like that to 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 know you have support and have a place to uh, again be encouraged is so critical. So I would just say, you know, uh, for for many people, we create time in our week, to exercise physically, to eat healthy, to, uh, consume a lot of entertainment, to, you know, do all sorts of things. Um, but one of the greatest needs that I think the church is best suited to meet is that, that need for community. Uh, and so to, to take that, to take that risk, to look for ways to, to engage with that with other people um, at church. You know, we, we try and make that super easy. And yeah. so, like, right now we've got a group's guide out so you can find a, a group easily to belong to. And, again, if you're like, oh, I don't know about a Bible study in somebody's house, like, well, you can actually just join a s- softball team if you're a guy, yeah. like, this this quarter, right? So there there's so many different ways to be connected, and mm-hmm. I think that's the greatest um, – I think one of the greatest needs for parents is just to have real life – connections and so many feel isolated and so again yeah we want to we want to get so many uh, as many people as possible connected in real relationships with each other because that's what that's what the church is it's it's a again a place where we connect people in meaningful relationship so yeah any anything else that you'd like to talk to uh, or just speak to you about whether it's where parents go for help or just anything big picture that uh, you'd like to kind of close out with letting people, letting parents and just everybody at, at large know about.
0: Um, I mean, I just, again, want to reiterate that RVCC is a place where we want to help the next generation, we want to walk alongside the next generation. Um, and so we are here to be a resource and, uh, comfort and a support for you. Um, And I would say, I would just encourage anyone who's interested in reading more of this book, um, go grab a copy of it from either the Orange website or Amazon probably has it. um, Mm -hmm. And just dive into it a little bit more, whether you're a parent or you're a volunteer or uh, whatever that looks like in your life. But, yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, the book is What Most Parents Aren't Telling You. Just some great research, some uh, great things that really anyone and everyone should know um, about yeah uh, what are parents thinking, feeling fearing, uh, just facing and that it will it will really enable any and all of us to be better friends, be better, uh, aunts and uncles, grandparents, grandparents, neighbors, parents, ourselves. So, and, and hopefully just a little kind of preview of some of this has been helpful and encouraging for all of you listening. Uh, again, don't forget to subscribe to our RVCC podcast. so You don't miss any episodes like this. Uh, you can also, Uh, yeah follow us on social media and you can subscribe to our youtube channel as well and we've got uh, sermon messages and all sorts of resources that we put there but cassandra thank you so much this has been so fun to kind of go through some of this and um yeah we we love to just like look at this kind of stuff talk through this uh and so it's fun to just hop on the podcast and do this this way so uh, everybody have a great week and we hope to see you back here next time